Hey, it's the Sift Podcast. Save it for the football podcast. Uh, this one for the first round of the playoffs, the Super Wild Card round. The mayor and I discussed our croutons and uh, robots who wear jeans. So uh, stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Civ Podcast. Save it for the football podcast. Uh, the I guess you could say final one of the regular season, although we did that last week. So first one for uh, the playoffs in 2021. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about week 17, but mostly about the playoffs, our playoff predictions from beginning of the year and other things like that. But first, I'd like to welcome in the mayor. Mayor, how are you? I am great. Um, sometimes there's nothing more exciting than seeing that football emoji light up on the phone on Wednesday night, knowing that it's time for our SIFT podcast. Got a couple of SIFT surprises for you today, and I just want to mention a couple of things. And seeing we save it for the football podcast, a couple of things I'd like to maybe touch upon today. Um, a little bit of Sean Watson trade talk. Um, I think there's a little bit there we can play upon and, you know, I, I think the, um, I, I think we're going to have a couple playoff games we're going to preview and also I got a couple SIF stats for you. All right. And so, uh, as has been the tradition, uh, lately, I'm going to start with a random fact, uh, mayor, what, what kind of phone do you have? I have a one plus T edition. Um, what what com- what company makes that? Uh, one plus is the company. It is a rival to the Android. I see. I was I was wondering if you had a Samsung. I have a a random fact about Samsungs. Um, they apparently use, and I'm not making this up. They apparently use a butt shaped robot to test the glass on their mm-hmm. phones. And um, the butt-shaped robot even wears jeans. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you think that? Do you think? Uh, do you think all phones should be tested that way? Um, I, you know, I find that when I'm for my work status, I am standing more often than sitting, and I most convenient spot for the phone is behind the. Um, in the rear pocket, but I always seem to remember to take it out when I sit down. Some people maybe are need that luxury in life. I would not be one of those people. Um, and that's just kind of what I feel about that. Yeah. I've never uh, broken a phone by sitting on it, but I also don't keep it in my back pocket or at least not very often. Um, anyway, uh, let's move go ahead, on to go ahead. Uh, shameless plug for Otterbox while we're at it. Because yeah, I, there you can, go. I, I can promise you, um, if, if you're listening to the SIF podcast and you've got your brand new iPhone or brand new Samsung in your hand or the one, the one plus T edition that like I have myself, a nice sturdy otter box. When you drop that thing and it hits the ground and nothing happens, you are going to be glad you spent that 
seven or eighty dollars on that good quality product they are quality pieces of machinery absolutely um even better than a robot wearing jeans i would say yes Um, and they do have a random domino's delivery story when we also want to fit into our podcast today just because all right let's Let's squeeze that in maybe a little bit later. Um, say, say everybody can stay tuned for that. Um, so just quick se- week 17 headlines. The Bucks, uh, they played their starters, it seemed to me, the whole game. I don't think I watched till the very last second, but uh, I don't know why they needed to do that. We talked about last week they being locked into the five seed. Uh, they just wanted to uh, – beat down uh atlanta i guess i don't really understand that uh that entire situation but that's what happened any thoughts on the bucks playing all their starters against atlanta you know i I think every you know there was a little bit of noise coming out of you know the philadelphia game and you know kansas city sat those starters tampa didn't you know i think the coach is going to make a decision what he thinks is best for his team and you know, that's what the team should do every every single time. What they decide as an organization is going to be best. You know, there is one goal at this point, and that is to try to win a Super Bowl or prepare for next season. No matter which way you're, which way you look at it, that's what you. That's what teams were doing in Week 17. So, I think whatever co- what they got to live and die by that decision, though. All right, and, but it, you know, it seemed somewhat common around the league. A lot of the starters were in late into the games, almost like it was uh, the fourth preseason game. Uh, and some of these games did not matter much or even at all, like the Bucks game. But the Ravens, the Saints, the Bills, the Packers, the Bucks—they all rolled over uh, the opponents and played their starters late into the game, if not all the way through. Uh, even with big leads, they still had their star players in. So I, I was just surprised by that. I thought we'd see more more guys sitting. Um, but, uh, you know, teams like the Steelers did, did sit their guys, but a lot of teams did not. In fact, most of the teams, even if they had something locked up, they, they were still playing. I did want to talk about the Titans slipping by the Texans. This seems like a game we saw like six times this year where the Titans uh, – not not necessarily against the Texans, but they repeatedly had these huge uh, number games, like a forty-one to thirty-eight game that was decided by a field goal at the end or in overtime. Um, what do you think that means for the Titans or the Texans? You mentioned Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Um, you want to anything you want to say about the Titans and Texans? Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, like I said, it's you know everyone knew where they were beforehand. And, you know, it's just, I, you know, week 17 is always its own animal inside itself where you can't really take too much away from any of it. All right. So the Texans lost and uh, uh, there, there was a conversation after the game. J.J. Watt, uh, you know, uh, basically apologized to Deshaun Watson for wasting a year of his prime. Um, did you want to get into the Texans trade talk now, or you want to wait for that later? Well, I think, you know, now is good. Um, it just, it's kind of weird. You talk about all these teams that are most likely to even offer a trade for Deshaun. What would you want if you were the Jaguars new GM for Deshaun Watson? 
I mean, what would you give up? Yeah, I mean, what would what, if you were the GM? What would you want in return for giving? For what would be your asking price if you were setting the price? Well, the the Texans need need picks. Um, so, and uh, it feels like the Jaguars have um, four quarterbacks. Now, I don't know if any of them are what the Texans are looking for, but um, I'd probably take about four draft picks um, if I was the Texans trying to, uh, you know, negotiate with the Jaguars for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I think I see a couple scenarios here where the Jaguars, they have a lot of money to spend. And there's a couple teams that are at the top of the, you know, where they're going to have the most cap space. But those teams are the Jaguars, the Jets, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Washington football team and the Bengals. They're all $42 million or more, prospectively, all the way up to $74 million. You know, Deshaun Watson's contract is going to be $40-something million. I don't see too many of these teams wanting to invest a lot of their free cap space in – you know, an already known commodity. And, and what I mean by that is like the Jets, they could draft a quarterback in the first round, load up on a lot of veteran talent and possibly have just as good a football team with, you know, as long as you strike a quarterback, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to do what a lot of these teams have done over the years on a rookie quarterback contract. So I think that may come back to haunt Houston a little bit to where they may not get the trade partner that they're looking for. So they may have to maybe consider getting a little less for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They may not trade him at all. I mean, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, we, we get, you mentioned a bunch of situations, but the Jaguars, the jets, the lions need a lot of help. Um, Atlanta's got a little bit of talent uh, need need help on the defensive side. The Chargers have have talent all over the place. They aren't probably one of the teams you're talking about at all. But uh, you know, I'm just looking at the, the the coaching vacancies and teams that might be starting over. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, listen, the 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 Jaguars probably aren't a trading partner just because they got the number one pick, and I don't think they're going to give up that number one pick um, for anything. So. They're going to try to draft their franchise quarterback. Um, as for the Jets, I mean, that's that's a possibility, but they need so much help, I think, um, other places. I, I agree with you. I don't think um, I don't think you want to give up for four picks or whatever they'd have to give up um, to get Deshaun Watson. So the only team that I realistically see that Deshaun Watson's a part of next year, if it's not the Texans, would be the Colts. And that would only be under the premise that Phillip Rivers retires and the Colts have about $62 million in cap space. They're paying Rivers a decent amount of money. So they're, they're really not going to burn up too much cap space keeping Deshaun Watson on, who will be earning about $45 million a year for the next five years. So that would be the only realistic team that I could see him going to. But are the Colts going to give up, you know, are the Colts going to give up what they have to give up to get someone like Deshaun Watson? I, that's interesting. And also, would they trade within their division and give away that type of talent to somebody that they're going to have to play for, you know, twice a year? 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think the the Texans are also at a point where if they're going to bail on Deshaun Watson, they should probably bail on J.J. Watt as well. And, you know, for all sense and purposes, cut him loose too because, you know, they, they'll be able to get, you know, probably another couple draft picks out of him as well. He's got a couple good years left in him. You know, let him go hit for a team like, um, you know, again, like the Colts who are, one or two players away from maybe having something spectacular and, you know, and be able to make that push for the um, Lombardi. They all um, also, if they, if they just decimate their team like that, um, they'd be looking for a guy, a coach to come in who wants to start with the blank slate completely. So, um, I mean, obviously a lot of people would take that job anyway, but I think with Deshaun Watson, not there anymore, it becomes, at the bottom of the list of, of teams you'd want to go to. So that may be a factor in uh, how these teams, the Texans, especially look at this. Um, can they attract a, a top coaching uh, prospect with uh, without Deshaun Watson, without some of those other pieces? Yeah, that's a um, fascinating thought as well. So there are six coaching vacancies. Um, I There was a lot of talk about Doug Peterson also getting axed, but I guess – he saved his job by getting the sixth pick over the tenth pick, or however that worked out with the Eagles um, losing to the Washington Football Team. Um, I I kind of I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I kind of don't think. I mean, I guess if I'm a Giants fan, I'm I'm mad about that game. But uh, every team made their own decisions, and uh, the Giants should have won more if they wanted to get in. And um, you know. I, I don't think there's any question that the Eagles tanked the game. Um, I guess people weren't expecting to see the Nate Sedfeld show, uh, but the, the Eagles did mention they were going to try to work him out in the game. So um, what happened, what happened? Uh, so, you know, there's nothing we can say about it now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, the Giants fans not happy with, watching uh on sunday night football watching a team literally just uh lay down uh but uh yeah like it happened so yeah you, you know you gotta wonder is does, does he have that much hatred you know does the ownership group have that much hatred towards the giants or did they really you know just want another want another draft pick a little bit higher you know, but that's a story for uh, another day. Maybe we'll be able to get that interview lined up sometime on the SIFT podcast. <laughs> Talk to Doug Peterson, yeah. yeah. Um, so there were some, some coordinator uh, changes and stuff like that. I, I put for my pepper spray bandits, um, Doug Marone, uh, he could have, uh, you know, held on to his job and could have had, you know, a generational talent at quarterback. And uh, he did not. He failed to do that. They let him go. Adam Gase, same thing. They could uh, potentially uh, draft Justin Fields or maybe they'll get Deshaun Watson in a trade, something like that. I don't think so, but he lost his job too. And then uh, Anthony Lynn, we talked about him. He lost his job in a, a spot where they already have possibly a generational talent at quarterback. Um and a lot of other pieces. So um, those guys all kind of lost out this week as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. They, um, but, you know, as weird as the NFL is, you know, just the carousel turn and turn and turn and 
get lined up with somebody else and some of these guys will get more chance to be head coaches and there's some that have proved that they should never be head coach ever, ever, yeah. ever again. That's true. Bill, and I, like I, O'Brien coach of the year, or that's what we're going to call O'Brien, this. Yeah, the real... <laughs> um, you know, that, the... That's going to be a new thing. The SIFT Bill O'Brien, the SIFT exclusive Bill O'Brien coach of the year award goes out to the worst NFL coach of the year. So this year, Bill O'Brien uh, wins the award. When did he get fired? I feel like that was like week four or something. Y- you know, yeah. He he should have been fired week 17 of last year, and, and the Texans could have very well been um, on the doorsteps of the um, Super Bowl right now. Yeah, bad bad times. Um, all right, yeah. Do you have a, a Got Henry player of the week? You know, I – I, I want to stop right now and I want to condemn some of the uh, other media platforms in the world for um, not sending Sir King Derrick Henry the due deserved that they got for the 2,000 yards that he got this season. You know, probably one of the quietest, highest productive seasons a running back has ever had. And I don't think anybody knows it. I think Derrick Henry should be the MVP of the league, and I will protest until he is. Yeah, and um, and it's going to be a long time. You've been protesting like a long time, I think. Um, I agree with you, though. I mean, it, there's just a, it's just a cult of quarterback, and it's probably going to Rodgers this time. All right. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry then made your uh, – Got Henry player of the week for getting over 200 yards and 2,000 yards for the season and should be the MVP. Um, anything else from this past week before we move on to the playoff spectacular? No, I think we are ready for um, the kickoff. Yeah, I'm ready for the kickoff. Unfortunately, it's only Thursday night where I am. But, um, but yeah, so let's take a break and uh, we'll uh, talk playoffs next. So I thought before we got deep into this playoff talk that we would go over some preseason stuff. We'd look at uh, how our predictions were in terms of how teams would finish, go uh, division by division, just like uh, we did at the beginning of the year, but we did it um, in separate podcasts. Here we go kind of quickly through the divisions and talk about where we went right and where we went wrong. Um, do you want to start with the AFC East? <clears throat> so you kind of stole a little bit of my thunder here because I avidly kept records of all of the records that we we claimed everybody would be, um, and I had consolidated it. But, yeah, we can start with the AFC East, absolutely. Um, I predicted that the Patriots would win the division at 10-6, and six. And I predicted the Bills to go six and ten. Yeah, so I had the Pats as a playoff team at nine and seven. Uh, that was wrong. I had the Bills at eleven and five. That was pretty close. Uh, that's probably one of my best predictions. Uh, looking at all of them, I had the Jets at three and thirteen. They just about 
they just about made it. I actually had them. Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. I had them losing uh, to the Raiders on a hail mary uh, in week uh, week 13. So that was pretty good. Um, but other than that, uh, I had Miami at five and eleven. That was obviously uh, not not right. But I did have them missing the playoffs, and they did miss the playoffs. So AFC East, I thought I did okay on. Uh, the Pats did the Pats finish seven and nine? Is that right? Seven, uh, nine, the seven. Pats finish. No, I'd have to pull it up. They uh, is it their first? They end up with the first losing season in yes, forever. That or is that is correct. So yeah, I mean they haven't had a losing season in twenty years uh, at least. So um, yeah, we we were. Uh, we were a little bit. I was a little bit right about that division. Um, not completely right. Uh, anything on that division before we? Move no, on? I think uh, I, I think as time went on, it kind of clearly showed who the front runner in that division was, and the Bills, you know, did a fantastic job throughout the season taking the taking the division down. All right, so um, the NF. Do you want to talk about the NFC East? Yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, I predicted the Cowboys and the Eagles to both go ten and six, with the Eagles winning the, the division, and I picked uh, Washington and the Giants to go five and eleven. I, I I couldn't have been more wrong about any of these teams. They, you know, this was a pretty bad division all throughout football, but you know. Uh, I got this one wrong. Yeah, I don't know at the beginning of the year that anybody thought uh, that that a team with a losing record would win this division and uh, host a host a uh, playoff game. But I was pretty close to as wrong as you were. Um, I had the Cowboys at ten and six, the Eagles at nine and seven. I had the Washington Football Team going just five and eleven, and the Giants. That's probably my closest pick at three and thirteen. Now, to be fair, the Cowboys did lose Dak. It's possible that they're a slightly better team if, and maybe would have won the division if they don't uh, lose Dak Prescott. But that is not something we can say for sure one way or the other. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we were wrong about that division like a lot of people were wrong about that division. Uh, how about the AFC South? The AFC South. Well, let me tell you something about the AFC South. They, um, you know, they came out to play football well. At least one of them did. And the Titans and the Colts, they both showed up this season. They um, battled it out pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I picked the I picked the Texans priest in the beginning of the season to go nine and seven and win the division. So I didn't really pick anyone to have a great season in this um, in this division. I thought they were going to be middle of the road. I picked the 8-8, eight eight, the Colts, 9-7 of the Texans, and the Titans to go 8-8. Eight and, eight. and the Titans and the Colts definitely had a better better than anticipated from my perspective. And, you know, they had a pretty good season. Yeah, I had the Colts at 10-6 and six and the Titans at 9-7. and seven. I feel pretty good about that. But I thought the Texans would be better. Uh, they went – I had them going 8-8. Eight and eight. They – what were they, 4-12? Four 4-12, four and and 12, yes. Something like that. Um, the Jaguars I had at seven and nine. They were not close to that. Um, they won one game. Yeah, one right? game. I had them going four and twelve. So I even had 
better hopes for him than I did. But I was also counting a couple of those division wins against the Titans and the Colts that just never came to. (coughs) Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's the AFC South. Um, I we'll get to the playoff teams in in a minute, but um, I guess we should move to the NFC South the way we did it uh, in the preseason. Um, we went back and forth um, like that. I was pretty far off on on the Falcons at ten and six. That that uh, quickly deteriorated. I thought they would be a much better team. Um, I thought they'd be something like uh, seven and two going into their bye week, and they were not. Uh, they did not go ten and six. Their fo- their coach got fired. Um, I don't know what was that week. Uh, week six, five, yeah, week six. somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So that and uh, it didn't really turn around uh, after that. Um, they looked like a slightly better team at times, uh, but they were a disaster at the beginning of the year. I had the Panthers going three and thirteen. That wasn't too far off. I thought they would miss the playoffs. They did. I had the Saints at twelve and four, and the Bucks at thirteen and three. Yeah, you know, um, you, you were pretty. It was pretty easy to identify the Saints and the Bucks at the top of the division. I had the Bucks going nine and seven. They snuck out a couple more wins than I anticipated, and I picked the Saints to go thirteen and three. They went twelve and four. Um, the Falcons, I predicted a six and ten season. You know, I kind of knew that Dan Quinn was on his last leg out, and he was going to get fired probably midseason. You know, all the writings seemed to be on the wall for that, but the you know the unfortunate circumstances that Falcons were in this this season, you know, just put the icing on the cake for Dan Quinn. No one can ever foresee losing that many leads that often, but you know, here we are. And you know, the Panthers I had going four and twelve, they went five and eleven, got pretty close there. Um, but you know, we I think we both you know I didn't see the Bucks making the playoffs. Because I thought their nine and seven record was going to hold them out. Turns out they were eleven and five. Got them in. <clears throat> All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, let's talk. Let's see, AFC North. So the the AFC North. Um, I had the Bengals going three and thirteen. They might have been a little bit better if uh, Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, but he did. And uh, they they were not they were not a very good competitive team. Although they did hang in a lot of games, um, a lot more than maybe people expected. I had uh, the Ravens going thirteen and three. I was a little off on that, but I did have them as a playoff team and the Steelers as well at ten and six. I had them as a wild card team. The Browns I was way off on. I had them at four and twelve. Um, so that was the one I got the most wrong in the AFC. Yeah. So um, we're, we're I, I made a couple great great predictions in this particular division. I definitely picked the uh, the Steelers to go twelve and four, but I did not pick them to win the division because I picked the Ravens to go fifteen and one. Um, I picked the Browns to go one and fifteen. They went eleven and five. I was really wrong there. In fact, you and I both you know, slandered the Browns pretty badly in our AFC North prediction show preseason, as I remember correctly. Um, so, yes, you know, I, I do apologize to the Browns. They have played a great um, a great season so far, and I've got a little bit to say when we talk some playoff games maybe. 
here in a few minutes about them. Um, but other than that, the Jaguars I saw is a pretty, you know, pretty bad team. Or I'm sorry, not the Jaguars, the um, Bengals. And I had them going 4-12. and 12, And they went 4-11-1. and one. <clears throat> Yeah, and uh, then moving on to the NFC North, um, I made a l- few mistakes on this one too. I had the Packers at thirteen and three, which is uh, which was good, um, but I thought the uh, I thought the Bears were going to go three and thirteen. At times, they looked like a three and thirteen team, even when they were like five and one. But um, they ended up making the playoffs. The Vikings, I had them going six and ten, not far off from where they were. And then my biggest mistake here was the Lions. I had the Lions going 10 and 6 for some reason. No idea why I thought the Lions were going to be that good, but mm, there you go. You know, I predicted the Lions 5 and 11 season. I'm proud to say that. And I also predicted the uh, Packers to go at 13 and 3. Um, I had the Bears not doing so well at, sitting at 6 and 10, and the Vikings going 8 and 8. I think um, the Packers, we, we knew we were going to run away with this division. There, you know, all these other teams, you know, I mean, are got yeah, promise looking forward, except for, of course, the Lions. Um, the Vikings got a that rookie, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to pay long-term dividends for them. But for right now, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is going to be the always the place you want to put the money on to bet in that NFC North, and they're going to win that division for years to come. I wonder why we were so far off on the Bears. I mean, they they looked bad at certain points in the season, but they they were five and one at one point. Um, they did play a pretty light schedule, as it turned out. Detroit, the Giants, the Falcons, in the first three games. Uh, so they got a little bit of luck with the schedule. They also got to play um, uh, Carolina, and Carolina wasn't very good. Um, so. Yeah, I don't, but I just don't understand why we were so off on the Bears. Uh, even through all the turmoil they had at quarterback, they ended up a playoff two team. two so words. Mitch wrong. Trubisky. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky is the is the correct answer, I guess, to that one. All right, so AFC North, NFC North. Uh, the only two divisions left, by my count, are the NFC West and the AFC West. Let's start the NFC West. Um, I wasn't sure on this Rams team. I had them eight and eight. They did make the playoffs. I didn't have them as a playoff team. Uh, I did have the Seahawks as a playoff team at 10 and six. I thought the Cardinals might have a chance at the playoffs. And I thought the 49ers might be, uh, the one or the two seed in the NFC that didn't happen. Uh, I had them going 13 and three. Yeah. Um, I well, this is where I guess I should eat a little crow right away, because I predicted the 49ers to have a pretty big season. Um, at thirteen and three, they finished six and ten. You know, we can list off reasons why any team has turmoil, but that's what happens. Um, I wasn't a big believer in the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray has has definitely you know him and Cliff Kingsbury are you know gonna terrorize that division for a few years to come, I think, and he's only going to get better. And as a group, they're going to get better together. They finished eight and eight. Uh, the Rams finished 10 and six. I have, I call them at 10 and six and the Seahawks I had going 10 and six, they finished 12 and four. Um, I, we, we kind of both predicted this was probably going to be the best division in football. And 
I mean, arguably, I think it probably was. They, um, you know, there wasn't really an easy trip for anybody when, when they had to play one of those teams. But, you know, other than that, you know, I, I think uh, the Seahawks are the division winner once again. Yeah, and they beat up on each other. I mean, that was the thing. You had four solid to very good teams in it all year long, even with the Niners injuries. <laughs> Um, and even with Jared Goff, uh, the Rams were pretty good. Um, so, you know, yeah, the, the Seahawks looked unstoppable early on, but they came back to earth and, um, so we'll see how they do, uh, in the playoffs. So the last division to, to discuss from our preseason is the, uh, AFC West. Uh, I did have the Chiefs um, winning that division, but I only had them going 11 and five, which is a little bit off from what actually happened. They were 14 and two. Um, and then I had uh, the Raiders going six and ten. I think they were, were they were they seven and nine. Something the Raiders like were eight. Um, eight, eight and eight, and uh, and I had uh, the Chargers going seven and nine. That was maybe a little ambitious. But, uh, of course, nobody could have predicted uh, Justin Herbert came in, uh, coming in that early. Um, I, thought they, I thought they might get a few wins uh, early on before he got in there. And then I had the Broncos going 3-13. and 13. I thought they were going to maybe lose their first six or seven games. Um, they were a little bit feistier than I thought, but they were, I had them at 3-13. and 13. So I don't feel too bad about that division. I had the Chiefs winning it and the only team going to the playoffs, and I was right about that. So, yeah, I predicted the uh, Chiefs to go 15-1, and one, uh, a little short on that prediction. I did predict the um, mediocrity could come out of the Raiders at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I, You know, the Raiders are paying John Gruden a lot of money, but as we talked about in a couple past previous shows, I think – the, the Raiders' cap money is going to become more and more available over the next two seasons, and that'll be John Gruden's either make-or-break time when he has all those draft picks and all that money to to go cut loose and get something big. Um, dare I even say Deshaun Watson, but you've heard it here first. Um, you know, other than that, Chargers, you know, I had them going 10-6 and six this previous season. I, uh, they did, you know, they didn't exactly achieve those heights. But um, other than that, I, I think we knew the Broncos were going to have a little bit of more difficult season. I predicted them to go four and twelve. They and again, they finished five and eleven. Uh, yeah. So actually, something we didn't talk about um, about you know a couple of quarterbacks that might be moving, like Matthew Stafford, <coughs> uh, probably not coming back to <coughs> Detroit. Um, he would be an interesting fit, uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, at the Washington football team, who, uh, despite making the playoffs, probably can't go into next season uh, with Tyler Haneke and Alex Smith as their quarterbacks. I think they're going to, I think that, that the Washington football team is definitely going to be in the market for getting one of these free agent guys. Matthew Stafford seems like kind of a good fit, but I could see him going to the Raiders as well. Uh, Matt Ryan might be moving too, so uh, he's not exactly in his prime, but um, I could see a team, uh, uh, you know, taking Matt Ryan uh, from the Falcons too. Yeah, you know, it's all about are they trying to win right this second or do they have a while to sit and try to work out with the the younger player 
Um, I think Washington may be in a try to be in a win now mode if they're able to, and I think Matt Ryan even in in the capital city would be would be a good fit with with Ron Riviera there. Um, it's going to be a pretty interesting offseason to watch all these moving around quarterbacks and even all the um, ones that are coming up in the draft for sure. All right, so you want to move on to uh, what our playoff predictions were, and that'll lead us into what we think is, uh, you know, of the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think we're ready for that, absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think I was too far off on my playoff picks, although I guess with the seven teams making it, it, it left a little bit of wiggle room at the lower end. Uh, for the NSC, I actually had the 49ers as the number one seed. Uh, that was probably my worst pick. <laughs> I had the Saints at two, the Packers at three, the Cowboys getting in at four, which almost happened but did not, and then the Bucks at five, a pretty good prediction there, and the Seahawks at six, the Cardinals at seven. Those were my playoff teams. Obviously, I was wrong on the Cardinals-Cowboys and yeah, you know, I, I was with you on a couple of them. I had the Saints come in number one pick over the season, uh, the 49ers at two, the Packers at three. I had Philadelphia taking the four spot, you know, making the division. Um, I had Seattle at the five, Dallas at six, and L.A. Rams at seven. Um, so I guess I correctly predicted four of the teams in the playoffs, but three of those were, were probably pretty obvious to uh, football the football world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not for nothing, the 49ers probably would have been a playoff team without uh, all the injuries and the COVID stuff that happened. Um, all right. So let's move on to the AFC. I had the Ravens getting the number one seed. That didn't happen. But I had the Chiefs at two, the Bills at three. Pretty good. I had the Colts uh, at four. They ended up at seven. I had the Steelers. At five, uh, they ended up at three. And I had the uh, Titans and Patriots at six and seven. So I missed on the uh, the Pats. Um, should have had the Browns in there, but otherwise I, I got all the playoff teams in there. Yeah, that's uh, way better than I did. I had the Ravens coming in at the one spot and the Chiefs at the two spot. I had the Patriots sneaking all the way up to the three spot. Um, the Texans at the four, the Steelers at the five, Chargers at six, and the Titans at the seven. Uh, I only got four of the playoff teams right, but I, you know, again, you know, we kind of predicted a couple deep runs for a couple of these teams. And then, uh, yeah, I had Saints 49ers uh, for the NFC Championship game and the Ravens and the Chiefs for the as, NFC Championship As did game. I. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to be wrong on, on one of those. Um, the other one, uh, not very likely, but still could happen. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we still could have a Ravens-Saints Super Bowl, like I predicted. Not very likely, but still technically possible. Um, all right, anything else about our preseason predictions before we uh, move on to uh, this, this actual, the actual playoffs? Uh, that are actually going to happen. No, I think it is uh, the hype is built and we have adequately covered everything else, so it is time to discuss the football playoffs. 
All right, let's take a break uh, and come back, and we'll do uh, we'll talk playoffs, and that'll lead us right into the Caesar side salad croutons right after this. So every week we pick um, some croutons to put on some games. This uh, segment brought to you by Caesars Palace, the official wagering partner of the NFL. Uh, the Caesars side salad croutons and the spicy meatball. We'll get to our picks in a minute, but I wanted to just generally talk about the playoff slate. This is obviously the first time that we'll have uh, six games on the weekend, on the wild card weekend. People are calling it the super wild card weekend. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be the, the, it'll be a lot of football, a lot of, uh, a lot of dudes talking about how their wives, uh, might leave them this weekend. Uh, so let's, let's just hope everything goes okay for us. Um, but, uh, I was going to start. So we talked a little bit about this, um, last week, we kind of, um, actually predicted most of these correctly. Um, Buffalo and Indianapolis, uh, as the second seed versus the seventh seed in the uh, AFC. You said you didn't think that was probably going to be a very good game. Uh, do, do, do you have any other thoughts on that? On which one? I'm sorry? Buff- Buffalo, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, I, I think that game is going to be pretty good. You know, I, uh, I I don't remember the context in which I said it wasn't going to be any good. I think you just uh I think you were just excited more excited about other matchups. That's I think what the context Oh is. no, so I, I think it is gonna be a great game. Um I, I think it's um Josh Allen, you know, him and the Bills have announced to the AFC East that, you know, they're here for you know, they're here for the taking and they're about to announce to the rest of the AFC what they um what they're all about. I, I do see the Bills winning this football game though. All right, so I don't want to ruin anything uh, for the crouton picks, but I did want to just talk about the lines and the over-under for each of these. Um, Buffalo, uh, the last I saw was uh, minus 6.5, and, and the over-under was 51.5. Um, so expecting a, lo- a lot of points there makes sense. Um, that Indianapolis defense might be a little bit overrated, Um and a thing that we've noticed, uh, if you look back, they've given up a lot of points in the second half. And I don't think the Buffalo is going to take their foot off the gas. So that 51 and a half, uh, you know, looks like the right number. And uh, so the second matchup I want to talk about was Seattle and the L.A. Rams. This is in Seattle, of course. Um, what do you think about that game with uh, Probably John Wolford, the backup quarterback, starting once again for the Rams. You know, I I think that's going to be the make-or-break reason for the Rams in this football game. Um, you know, if Jared Goff ain't able to play, that's going to be probably probably their undoing. You know, the, this team has been together this whole time, and, you know, when, when you throw the disruption in, like the starting quarterback, you know, you're going to have a lot of a lot of problems. Um you know, the Eagles have proved that they can deal without their starting quarterback going into the playoffs. I mean, it has happened before, uh, but I don't think this Rams team's good enough to overcome that. 
I think the fact that they're playing in Seattle, this, you know, Seattle's home game really isn't a home game at this point because the thing that makes Seattle so unique is that crowd noise. But I, I think the, like I said, Jared Goff is the um, difference maker in this game. Yeah, you bring up something interesting. Seattle's minus three and a half, but this probably be six and a half or more if they had a crowd. Um, so that's an interesting observation. The over-under is 42 and a half, of course. Don't expect a lot of points probably on either side of this game. Uh, and the next matchup is uh, Tampa Bay going to Washington, um, the Washington football team with um, Alex Smith, who, uh, you know, has a surgically repaired knee, but also dealing with um, an injury on his other leg. Um, probably uh, not a lot of offense to expect from that side. They'd have to hope for a low-scoring game, I think. But what do you think about Tampa Bay, Washington? So, the um, I think, you know, that's going to be – it's a great success story for Alex Smith. You know, definitely the comeback player of the year. Didn't have, didn't have a huge season, but the fact that he made it back and battled through that adversity he had, and now he's going against longtime vet Tom Brady. You know, they're both um, – you know, they've never played in the playoffs before they, you know, New England had the chance to make the Super Bowl that one year in the 49ers. That would have been a spectacular showdown in itself. Um, I don't see how Washington wins this game, though. I think Tampa Bay is going to just, you know, win, win on all sides of the ball and they're going to they're going to roll in Washington. I saw that game uh, at minus eight and a half for for Tampa and uh at 45 as the over-under. We'll talk about those more a little bit later. Uh, next matchup is Baltimore and Tennessee. Um, this one this one might be my my favorite uh, of the week, uh, of the of the weekend. Um, I, I really I don't have a good feeling on which way this is going to go, but do you have any thoughts on Baltimore-Tennessee? You, you know, I um, you, you know, I think Baltimore-Tennessee is going to be a pretty good game as well. Uh, the these are going to be teams that you know they're you know they're um, gonna you know I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here I, I think Tennessee is going to win this football game I think they're going to shock the Ravens and the the Ravens are going to have another off season of wondering what happened with you know when when we were going in looking so good so yeah this game um, in Tennessee Baltimore is. Uh, a three-point favorite. They're minus three, and uh, the the over/under at fifty-four and a half. So it looks like they're they're expecting a, kind of a slugfest or um, a shootout uh, uh, going into the second half, which is sort of what Tennessee does. It seems uh, almost every week they have these huge uh, second half uh, games, and and what usually come away with a win by a field goal. So we'll see about that one, and then. Uh, uh, Chicago, this is probably the least interesting one. Uh, Chicago and New Orleans. Chicago travels to New Orleans. New Orleans is minus nine and a half. At least that's what I saw. 47 over under. Uh, you, I think when we talked about this potentially last week, um, you thought that the Bears probably don't have a chance in this one. Yeah, I uh, you know, I think the Saints are really good football team and, and the Bears are you know, they, they were good enough to get to where they are right now, but this is where their journey is going to end this season. Yeah, and um, 
I think there is an advantage in this in this circumstance. Um, we talked about Seattle not having the 12th man, but I think New Orleans playing in the Superdome, I think they're going to uh, play better. And, um, you know, that, that, that just gives them one more advantage in this game. Uh, last game, I believe this is the Sunday night game, Pittsburgh uh, at, and Cleveland. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. This will be, as we talked about last week, this will be the third time these teams play this year. Um, they split during the regular season. Uh, but, of course, last week in Week 17, uh, Pittsburgh resting starters both on defense and on offense and almost pulled off the win anyway. So there's also an interesting uh, side note with Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski will not be able to be there due to COVID, and I think they're down some other uh staff so uh what do you think about pittsburgh cleveland you, you know like you said this is uh they're playing in back-to-back weeks but nothing you know nothing matters what happened last week you know that's that's over with um it's really fascinating that kevin kevin stefanski's out you know he, i mean i i think he can he's going to be able to prepare them as much as possible but So I thought before we got deep into this playoff talk that we would go over some preseason stuff. We'd look at uh, how our predictions were in terms of how teams would finish, go uh, division by division, just like uh, we did at the beginning of the year, but we did it um, in separate podcasts. Here we go kind of quickly to the divisions and talk about where we went right and where we went wrong. Um, do you want to start with the AFC East? <clears throat> so you kind of stole a little bit of my thunder here because I avidly kept records of all of the records that we we claimed everybody would be, um, and I had consolidated it. But, yeah, we can start with the AFC East, absolutely. Um, I predicted that the Patriots would win the division at 10-6, and six. And I predicted the Bills to go six and ten. Yeah, so I had the Pats as a playoff team at nine and seven. Uh, that was wrong. I had the Bills at eleven and five. That was pretty close. Uh, that's probably one of my best predictions. Uh, looking at all of them, I had the Jets at three and thirteen. They just about they just about made it. I actually had them. Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. I had them losing uh, to the Raiders on a hail mary. Uh, in week uh, week 13, so that was pretty good. Um, but other than that, uh, I had Miami at 5-11. and 11. That was obviously uh, not, not right, but I did have them missing the playoffs, and they did miss the playoffs. So AFC East, I thought I did okay on uh, the Pats. Did the Pats finish 7-9? and nine? Is that right? Seven uh, the Pats <laughs> finished – no, I'd have to pull it up. They uh, – is it their first – they end up with the first losing season in yes, forever? That is that is correct. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't had a losing season in 20 years uh, at least. So, um, yeah, we, we were uh, – we were a little bit – I was a little bit right about that division. Um, not completely right. 
Uh, anything on that division before we? Move no, on? I think uh, I, I think as time went on, it kind of clearly showed who the front runner in that division was, and the Bills, you know, did a fantastic job throughout the season taking the taking the division down. All right, so um, the NF. Do you want to talk about the NFC East? Yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, I predicted the Cowboys and the Eagles to both go ten and six, with the Eagles winning the division, and I picked uh, Washington and the Giants to go five and eleven. I, I I couldn't have been more wrong about any of these teams. They, you know, this was a pretty bad division all throughout football, but you know. Uh, I got this one wrong. Yeah, I don't know at the beginning of the year that anybody thought uh, that that a team with a losing record would win this division and uh, host a host a uh, playoff game. But I was pretty close to as wrong as you were. Um, I had the Cowboys at ten and six, the Eagles at nine and seven. I had the Washington Football Team going just five and eleven, and the Giants. That's probably my closest pick at three and thirteen. Now, to be fair, the Cowboys did lose Dak. It's possible that they're a slightly better team if, and maybe would have won the division if they don't uh, lose Dak Prescott, but that is not something we can say for sure one way or the other. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we were wrong about that division like a lot of people were wrong about that division. Uh, how about the AFC South? The AFC South. Well, let me tell you something about the AFC South. They, um, you know, they came out to play football well. At least one of them did. And the Titans and the Colts, they both showed up this season. They um, battled it out pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I picked the I picked the Texans pretty, in the beginning of the season to go nine and seven and win the division. So I didn't really pick anyone to have a great season in this um, in this division. I thought they were going to be middle of the road. I picked the 8-8, eight eight, the Colts, 9-7 of the Texans, and the Titans to go 8-8. Eight and, eight. and the Titans and the Colts definitely had a better better than anticipated from my perspective. And, you know, they had a pretty good season. Yeah, I had the Colts at 10-6 and, and the Titans at 9-7. I feel pretty good about that. But I thought the Texans would be better. Uh, they went – I had them going 8-8. Eight eight. They – what were they, 4-12? 4-12, and 12, yes. Something like that. Um, the Jaguars I had at seven and nine, they were not close to that. Um, they won one game. Yeah, one right? game. I had them going four and 12. So I even had better hopes for them than I did, but I was also counting a couple of those division wins against the Titans and the Colt Colts that just never came to. <coughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, all right, well, that's uh that's the AFC South. Um, I and we'll get to the playoff teams in in a minute, but um, I guess we should move to the NFC South the way we did it uh, in the preseason. Um, we went back and forth um, like that. I was pretty far off on on the Falcons at ten and six. That that uh, quickly deteriorated. I thought they would be a much better team. Um, I thought they'd be something like uh, seven and two going into their bye week, and they were not. Uh, they did not go ten and six. Their fo- their coach got fired. Um, I don't know what was that week. Uh, week six, five, five? yeah, week somewhere six. in there. Um, 
Yeah, so that – and uh, it didn't really turn around uh, after that. Um, they looked like a slightly better team at times, uh, but they were a disaster at the beginning of the year. I had the Panthers going 3-13. and 13. That wasn't too far off. I thought they would miss the playoffs. They did. I had the Saints at 12-4 and four and the Bucks at 13-3. and three. Yeah, you know, um, you were pretty. It was pretty easy to identify the Saints and the Bucks at the top of the division. I had the Bucks going nine and seven. They snuck out a couple more wins than I anticipated, and I picked the Saints to go thirteen and three. They went twelve and four. Um, the Falcons, I predicted a six and ten season. You know, I kind of knew that Dan Quinn was on his last leg out, and he was going to get fired probably mid-season. You know, all the writing seemed to be on the wall for that, but. The, you know, the unfortunate circumstances that Falcons were in this this season, you know, just put the icing on the cake for Dan Quinn. No one can ever foresee losing that many leads that often. But, you know, here we are. And, you know, the Panthers I had going 4-12, and 12, they went 5-11, and 11, got pretty close there. Um, but, you know, we – I think we both – you know, I didn't see the Bucks making the playoffs – because I thought their nine and seven record was going to hold them out. Turns out they were eleven and five. Got them in. <clears throat> All right, let, let's move on. Uh, let's talk. Let's see, AFC North. So the the AFC North. Um, I had the Bengals going three and thirteen. They might have been a little bit better if uh, Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, but he did. And uh, they they were not they were not a very good competitive team. Although they did hang in a lot of games, um, a lot more than maybe people expected. I had uh, the Ravens going thirteen and three. I was a little off on that, but I did have them as a playoff team and the Steelers as well at ten and six. I had them as a wild card team. The Browns I was way off on. I had them at four and twelve. Um, so that was the one I got the most wrong in the AFC. Yeah. So um, we're, we're I, I made a couple great great predictions in this particular division. I definitely picked the uh, the Steelers to go twelve and four, but I did not pick them to win the division because I picked the Ravens to go fifteen and one. Um, I picked the Browns to go one and fifteen. They went eleven and five. I was really wrong there. In fact, you and I both you know, slandered the Browns pretty badly in our AFC North prediction show preseason, as I remember correctly. Um, so, yes, you know, I, I do apologize to the Browns. They have played a great um, a great season so far, and I've got a little bit to say when we talk some playoff games maybe here in a few minutes about them. Um, but other than that, the Jaguars I saw as a pretty, you know, pretty bad team. Or I'm sorry, not the Jaguars, the um, Bengals. And I had them going four and twelve, and they went four eleven and one. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, then moving on to the NFC North, um, I made a l- few mistakes on this one too. I had the Packers at thirteen and three, which is uh, which was good, um, but I thought the uh, I thought the Bears were going to go three and thirteen. At times they looked like a three and thirteen team, even when they were like five and one. But um, they ended up making the playoffs. The Vikings, I had them going six and ten, not far off from where they were. And then my biggest mistake here was the Lions. I had the Lions going ten and six for some reason. No idea why I thought the Lions were going to be that good, but mm, there you go. You know, I predicted the Lions five and eleven season. I'm proud to say that. 
and I also predicted the uh, Packers to go with 13 and three. Um, I had the Bears not doing so well at sitting at six and ten, and the Vikings going eight and eight. I think um, the Packers, we we knew we we're going to run away with this division. There, you know, all these other teams, you know, I mean, are got yeah, promise looking forward, except for of course the Lions. Um, the Vikings got a that rookie, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to pay long term dividends for them. But for right now, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is going to be the always the place you want to put the money on to bet in that NFC North, and they're going to win that division for years to come. I wonder why we were so far off on the Bears. I mean, they, they looked bad at certain points in the season, but they, they were 5-1 and one at one point. Um, they did play a pretty light schedule, as it turned out. Detroit, the Giants, the Falcons in the first three games. Uh, so they got a little bit of luck with the schedule. They also got to play uh, uh, Carolina, and Carolina wasn't very good. Um, so, yeah, I don't. But I just don't understand why we were so off on the Bears. Uh, even through all the turmoil they had at quarterback, they ended up a playoff two team. two so words. Mitch wrong. Trubisky. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky is the is the correct answer, I guess, to that one. All right, so. AFC North, NFC North, uh, the only two divisions left by my count are the NFC West and the AFC West. Let's start the NFC West. Um, I wasn't sure on this Rams team. I had them 8-8. Eight and eight. They did make the playoffs. I didn't have them as a playoff team. Uh, I did have the Seahawks as a playoff team at 10-6. and six. I thought the Cardinals might have a chance at the playoffs, and I thought the 49ers might be uh, the one or the two seed in the NFC that didn't happen. Uh, I had them going thirteen and three. Yeah, um, I well, this is where I guess I should eat a little crow right away because I predicted the Forty ers to have a pretty big season um, at thirteen and three. They finished six and ten. You know, we can list off reasons why any team has turmoil, but that's what happens. Um, I wasn't a big believer in the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray has has definitely, you know, him and Cliff Kingsbury are, you know, going to terrorize that division for a few years to come, I think, and he's only going to get better. And as a group, they're going to get better together. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, The Rams finished 10-6. and six. I have, I call them at 10-6. and six. And the Seahawks, I had going 10-6. and six. They finished 12-4. and four. Um, I We, we kind of both predicted that this was probably going to be the best division in football. And, I mean, arguably, I think it probably was. They, um, you know, there wasn't really an easy trip for anybody when, when they had to play one of those teams. But, you know, other than that, you know, I, I think uh, the Seahawks are the division winner once again. Yeah, and they beat up on each other. I mean, that was the thing. You had four solid to very good teams in it all year long, even with the Niners injuries um, and even with Jared Goff, uh, the Rams were pretty good. Um, so, you know, yeah, the, the Seahawks looked unstoppable early on, but they came back to earth and, um, so we'll see how they do, uh, in the playoffs. So the last division to, to discuss from our preseason is the, uh, AFC West. Uh, I did have the chiefs, um, winning that division, but I only had them going 11 and five, which is a little bit off from what actually happened. They were 14 and two. 
Um, and then I had uh, the Raiders going six <laughs> and ten. I think they were, were they were they seven and nine. Something the Raiders like were eight. Um, eight, eight and eight, and uh, and I had uh, the Chargers going seven and nine. That was maybe a little ambitious. But, uh, of course, nobody could have predicted uh, Justin Herbert came in, uh, coming in that early. Um, I thought they I thought they might get a few wins uh, early on before he got in there. And then I had the Broncos going 3-13. and 13. I thought they were going to maybe lose their first six or seven games. Um, they were a little bit feistier than I thought, but they were – I had them at 3-13. and 13. So, I don't feel too bad about that division. I had the Chiefs winning it and the only team going to the playoffs, and I was right about that. So, yeah, I predicted the uh, Chiefs to go 15-1, and one, uh, a little short on that prediction. I did predict the um, mediocrity could come out of the Raiders at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I, You know, the Raiders are paying John Gruden a lot of money, but as we talked about in a couple past previous shows, I think – the, the Raiders' cap money is going to become more and more available over the next two seasons, and that'll be John Gruden's either make-or-break time when he has all those draft picks and all that money to to go cut loose and get something big. Um, dare I even say Deshaun Watson, but you've heard it here first. Um, you know, other than that, Chargers, you know, I had them going 10-6 and six this previous season. I, uh, they did, you know, they didn't exactly achieve those heights. But um, other than that, I think we knew the Broncos were going to have a little bit of more difficult season. I predicted them to go four and twelve. They and again, they finished five and eleven. Uh, yeah. So actually, something we didn't talk about um, about you know a couple of quarterbacks that might be moving, like Matthew Stafford, uh, probably not coming back to Detroit. Um, he would be an interesting fit, uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, at the Washington football team, who, uh, despite making the playoffs, probably can't go into next season uh, with Tyler Haneke and Alex Smith as their quarterbacks. I think they're going to, I think that, that the Washington football team is definitely going to be in the market for getting one of these free agent guys. Matthew Stafford seems like kind of a good fit, but I could see him going to the Raiders as well. Uh, Matt Ryan might be moving too, so uh, he's not exactly in his prime, but um, I could see a team, uh, uh, you know, taking Matt Ryan uh, from the Falcons too. Yeah, you know, it's all about are they trying to win right this second or do they have a while to sit and try to work out with the the younger player? Um, I think Washington may be in a – try to be in a win-now mode if they're able to. And I think Matt Ryan, even in, in the capital city, would be would be a good fit with with Ron Riviera there. Um, it's going to be a pretty interesting offseason to watch all these moving around quarterbacks and even all the um, ones that are coming up in the draft, for sure. All right, so you want to move on to uh, what our playoff predictions were, and that'll lead us into what we think is, uh, you know, of the playoff. Yeah, um, I think we're ready for that. Absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think I was too far off on my playoff picks, although I guess with the seven teams making it, it, it left a little bit of wiggle room at the lower end. Uh, for the NSC, I actually had the 49ers as the number one seed. Uh, that was probably my worst pick. 
<laughs> I had the Saints at two, the Packers at three, the Cowboys getting in at four, which almost happened but did not. And then the Bucks at five, a pretty good prediction there. And the Seahawks at six, the Cardinals at seven. Those were my playoff teams. Obviously, I was wrong on the Cardinals, Cowboys, and 49 Yeah, you know, I, I was with you on a couple of them. I had the Saints coming in number one pick over the season. Uh, the 49ers at two, the Packers at three. I had Philadelphia taking the four spot, you know, making the division. Um, I had Seattle at the five, Dallas at six, and L.A. Rams at seven. Um, so I guess I correctly predicted four of the teams in the playoffs, but three of those were were probably pretty obvious to uh, football, the football world. Yeah, and uh, you know, not for nothing, the 49ers probably would have been a playoff team without uh, all the injuries and the COVID stuff that happened. Um, all right, so let's move on to the AFC. I had the Ravens getting the number one seed. That didn't happen, but I had the Chiefs at two, the Bills at three, pretty good. I had the Colts uh, at four. They ended up at seven. I had the Steelers at five. Uh, they ended up at three. And I had the uh, Titans and Patriots at six and seven. So I missed on the uh, the Pats. Um should have had the Browns in there, but otherwise I, I got all the playoff teams. In there. Yeah, that's uh, way better than I did. I had the Ravens coming in at the one spot and the Chiefs at the two spot. I had the Patriots sneaking all the way up to the three spot. Um, the Texans at the four, the Steelers at the five, Chargers at six, and the Titans at the seven. Uh, I only got four of the playoff teams right, but I, you know, again, you know, we kind of predicted a couple deep runs for a couple of these teams. And then, uh, yeah, I had Saints 49ers uh, for the NFC Championship game and the Ravens and the Chiefs for the NFC Championship game. As did I. And uh, we're we're, going to be wrong on on one of those. Um, The other one, uh, not very likely, but still could happen. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, We still could have a Ravens-Saints Super Bowl, like I predicted. Not very likely, but still technically possible. Um, all right. Anything else about our preseason predictions before we uh, move on to uh, this this actual the actual playoffs uh, that are actually going to happen? No, I think it is uh, the hype is built and we have adequately covered everything else. So it is time to discuss the football playoffs. All right. Let's take a break uh, and come back and we'll do uh, we'll talk playoffs and that'll lead us right into the Caesar side salad croutons right after this. So there you have it, the SIFT podcast for the super wildcard round uh, for the mayor, for myself. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking to you next week about the divisional round. We will talk to you then.